Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to a semifinal Saturday edition of TC Live. There's a look at the Porsche Arena in Stuttgart, Germany, where we just saw the number one player in the world, Iga Sviantek, pushed in a way she hasn't been pushed in quite a while. Welcome to today's show. We'll have highlights from all the clay court action around Europe, as well as interviews and analysis, plus a flashback of Rafa's greatness in Barcelona and one of the biggest stars in the world showing that she loves the sport of tennis. Hey, everybody, welcome inside our Santa Monica, California studios. I'm Rob Similcare with Chris Eubanks, enjoying a great week with us here on Tennis Channel and Chanda Rubin here as well. And we've had some great folks involved in watching tennis today. It's been an interesting day and one of the all-time greats in the sport of tennis, Chris Everett was joining us today as she tweeted. She was watching us along with a nice cup of coffee this morning. Chrissy, great to have you with us. And Chanda, always nice to know one of the all-time greats in the sport is in enjoying the product that we put out here on Tennis Channel. Oh, it's absolutely great to know. It puts a little more pressure on us, though. We've got to really be on our game. Uh, but she is such a, a, a lover of tennis, still studies the game, still works as a broadcaster, and you know, also has been going through some health issues. And so we wish her the very best. Hopefully this is kind of brightening up her day a bit. She's got one more chemotherapy treatment, five out of six done. And it's just great to see and hear her doing so well. And I think it's find it especially impressive, impressive that she knows how to use Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus. I struggle sometimes <laughs> myself, so for her to have the TV on Tennis Channel and the, the iPad on Tennis Channel Plus really shows she is still a tennis fan. We wish you all the best, Chrissy. Look forward to seeing you again. Absolutely, Chrissy. All the best to you. Well, another all-time great, Novak Djokovic, has been working hard in his home tournament in Belgrade, Syria, after back-to-back three-set thrillers. He had a day off before a semifinal match against Karen Hatchinoff. Yeah, but again, just like his previous matches, Novak got out to a bit of a slow start. First game, broken in the first game of the first set. So still trying to find his range on the court today. Had a break chance opportunity, catching off just absolutely clobbering a forehand inside in to really set him up, get him back into that game, and eventually hold but this is when things begin to turn for Novak. Something about these early second sets for him, he finds his range. And when you see reactions like this in front of his home crowd in Serbia, you know that he is starting to lock in. Next game, gets a break point opportunity against Kachanov, is able to stay solid, and now the crowd is really getting into it. He's hyping up the crowd. He knows what he has to do. Serves it out quick and decisive 6-1 second set, and I can assure you the third set was a lot of the same. He continued to play in such fine form, kind of bringing Kachanov into some uncomfortable situations, coming up with a great pass there, and the crowd is absolutely loving it. Able to use that patented backhand down the line that we've seen for so long. But then showing off a little bit of hands here. We're seeing him venture into net a little bit more, being more comfortable, being aggressive. And as everyone knows, Novak is a big fan of the backhand dropper, but not the backhand dropper cross. We're so accustomed to seeing that ball go line 
His confidence is so high. He's switching it up, keeping his opponents honest, and just serving it out with class. The entire crowd in Serbia today, very excited to see their number one player in the world and their native son advance to the final today. And I'm sure he is very pleased with his form. He'll have a chance to win this title for the third time on Sunday, and he'll have to face the winner of this match, Fabio Fognini and Andre Rublev. Two of the best ball strikers in the world. We have Rublev here dictating with the forehand, something that he does so well and shows exactly why he has two titles on the year and sits at number eight in the world. Fonini really didn't have a chance to yeah, kind of get his teeth into the match. Rublev really took it to him on these conditions, slower courts. Rublev has so much more time to really let go on those ground strokes. And that's exactly what he did. Fonini coming up with some of the goods, but Rublev, all in all, just being too good all around. Fonini's never been a stranger to show his emotions, as we get to see right there. But here again, Rublev kind of getting wrong-footed. You're kind of in this situation. You got to guess. Great anticipation by Rublev. Has the whole court against the back end of the line. Had, had a little bit of trouble serving the match out. Had to save a break point, but... That's why you want to get up a double break. It kind of frees you up to play how you need to play. He's able to get the match win 6-2, 6-2 against a Fabio Fanini who's been playing extremely well. All right, well, that sets up what should be a really interesting final on Sunday. Novak Djokovic, Andre Rublev, a top 10 matchup. That'll take place at 8 a.m. Eastern here on Tennis Channel. And, you know, Andre Novak Djokovic said coming into this, he'd be happy if he just played more than one match in this tournament. He's played three matches, three sets in each of them, so he's certainly playing himself into shape. Yeah, well, certainly, you know, even you know, number ones, all-time greats have to ease into uh, goal-setting, and Djokovic, I think, really stayed calm through some tough moments all week. I mean, there were multiple moments where he could have been out of the tournament, and we finally started to see in that match against Hatchinoff him settle in. You see the confidence coming through. He didn't panic when he lost that first set. That's more the Djokovic we're used to seeing. I mean, he just bides his time, looks for his opportunities and his openings, and he was able to do that beautifully. I think the game style of Hatchinoff really suited Djokovic, where he knew what to expect. He knew the pace was going to be coming at him, and he started defending beautifully, and he's going to be tough in that final. Chris, meanwhile, Rublev has not had nearly as much drama on his road to this final. Top 10 player, what chance do you give him against Djokovic? I give him a great chance. I think in these conditions, slower courts, yeah, I think the thing that might be working against him is the fact that he's playing in Serbia, so I don't know too many people outside of his team that will be cheering for him in that match. However, these conditions suit him. He does not mind the clay. He's a big hitter. We've seen him have success on the clay. And Novak hasn't really got off to great starts in any of his matches. I think Rublev can be a great front runner. If he comes out, he's able to connect on his shots. I think he can cause Novak more issues than some of his previous opponents. And I look forward to a really, really good match. All right. Well, we had another really good match on the ladies' side in Stuttgart. A matchup of top five players. First one of the season on the women's tour. It's Arena Sabalenka against Paula Bedosa, who, by the way, already guaranteed to be number two in the world after this match. Oh, yeah. This was a big hitting matchup. Sabalenka with a little more firepower, but Bedosa with a little bit more consistency. And down the stretch in the tiebreak, that came to bear. But Sabalenka, she was so tough on serve, and I think that really got her through, got her those extra points when she needed it. She had nine aces, just seven double faults. That's been a real trouble area for Sabalenka. But once she got that first set tucked away, she relaxed even more. They traded breaks in the second set, but it was Sabalenka getting that extra break of serve here, holding serve. 
And when it came time to play some of her best tennis, she did so in these clutch moments. And the double fault there from Bedosa gets her a solid 7-6-6-4 win. This was a battle. And Zabalenka, she's playing some of the best tennis again. And she will need it in a final we'll talk about in just a moment. But the other semifinal in Stuttgart, Ludmila Samsonova playing her first ever world number one. Now, this was an incredible match. I mean, it looked like it was going to be fairly one-sided when Sviantec got up 4-1. But Samsonova, she has shown us a lot between last year and this year as well. She's a strong player from the ground. She has big weapons. And we've seen that that can give Sviantec some trouble at times. Sam Samsonova comes all the way back to take that first set in a tie break. But Sviantec, to her credit, she didn't panic. She is playing like a confident world number one, was able to get the break point there and capitalize to give herself a chance to serve out that second set. And that's where Sviantec started to relax even more. She's such a good mover on this surface. She has just enough variety. But again, she got up a break a couple of times and Sonova came back. But I've just been impressed with the poise of Sviantec. She hasn't been getting frustrated. She hasn't let the disappointment overshadow the rest of her game. And that came through big when she was able to get the break and then again serve out the set to take this match in the third. So Sviantec lost his set for the first time in 11 matches. She was pushed in a way she hadn't been in a long time. Yeah, this match was so long. We had a lot of ups and downs, you know, so I felt like, yeah, I mean, it's like a marathon, you know, so I'm pretty happy that at the end I was super consistent and I could just, you know, play solid and I loosened up and I could, you know, play really fiercely because, yeah, she was serving really, really fast and all credits to her because I think she, she has a great run and she's playing really great tennis. We both, I think, were, I mean, I was playing, uh, like, on a, you know, top of my game and really it was it was tough so congrats to her and that sets up a great looking final tomorrow Iga Sviantek Arena Sabalenka from Stuttgart and you know we talked about what you needed to do to push Sviantek Samsonova Chris did that today she hit big and another player who can do that is Sabalenka Absolutely right. This is the first time we've seen Iga in a long time really be pushed in a match, really have to kind of problem solve her way through, got up an early break, got broken back, and then had to really fish around and kind of find her way throughout the course of the match. The thing that I think really works in her favor, though, is she has played, she has now played a player with firepower that has put her on the defensive, and Sabalenka has not played a player with the defensive skills of Sviontek. So I think that's going to be a telltale sign. I think Iga will be a little bit more comfortable having to defend and come out of the corners because she had to do it in the match right before. So it's going to be a bit of an adjustment, I think, more so for Sabalenka, but I'm really looking forward to watching this match. Yeah, I think, you know, there comes a time for a lot of top players in certain matches against certain opponents where you realize it's not about rankings. This player is playing great. I've just got to get down and fight and compete. And that's where Iga Sviantek had to go in that match against Samsonova. She just had to get down and battle and find ways to win points. And she was able to do that. I think that will hold her in good stead against Sabalenka. But Sabalenka's a little bit of a wild card right now because she can hit so big. She can take the racket out of Sviantek's hand at times. And how will she serve? Sviantek was able to step in on second serves against Samsonova. Will she be able to do the same against Sabalenka? That's always the big question for Arena Sabalenka. You'll have that call tomorrow, the women's final. Can't wait for that, Chanda. We'll take a break here on TC Live. When we come back, Coco Goff will get warm and fuzzy with the top 20 player. And 
She'll talk about who she would and maybe would not like to be stuck in an elevator with. All that coming up on TC Live. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Your online information source throughout Tennis Channel's Road to Roland Garros, presented by ZipRecruiter. Stay current with live match scoring, draws, rankings, and all the latest player and tournament news, including all the information to get you set for the Masters 1000 coming up in Madrid next week. Visit tennis.com today. And let's get warm and fuzzy, shall we, with one Coco Golf. Player you'd most or least want to be trapped in in an elevator with? Francis Tiafoe, I wouldn't want to be stuck with him. Why not? Um, I love the guy, um, right. but I feel like he would freak out a lot um, right. and make me stressed out, and then he kind of, like, talks a lot. <laughs> all right, well, you can catch all those warm and fuzzies on TennisChannel.com, and Chris, I know you're a, a big friend and fan of Big foes. How do you feel about that elevator comment by Coco? Would you want to be stuck in an elevator with him? I 100% agree there. I love the guy to death, just like Coco says. But there's just certain people that I think in certain situations you like your your luck elsewhere. And I think Francis, in terms of a comedic sense, would, would make being stuck in an elevator might maybe one of the funniest experiences of your life. <laughs> but from a practicality sense, I think you uh, <laughs> by the end of all of those laughs, me and him, we might want to really, you know, take it out on each other. So I think the safest bet is to, if I ever get in an elevator with Francis, make sure that elevator is working properly. So you're saying he wouldn't calm you down in a high-stress, tension-filled situation? I think in the beginning, when it's all fun and games, you know, for the first few minutes, oh, we're stuck in an elevator, oh, this is hilarious. And then as, you know, the realization sets in that we're stuck in an elevator, I don't think things go too well. I think uh, his his personality and, and just kind of jovialness will kind of run its course a little bit, but uh, I love the guy to death, but in, in that type of situation, I, I like my chances elsewhere. All right, well, <laughs> Big Fo, we'll see him later on in the road to Roland Garris. We will take a break now. When we come back, we will talk about our colleague and friend, Pam Shriver, who revealed a very personal struggle from her tennis past. When we return, Chanda and Chris will have their own thoughts on the issue of player-coach relationships. Coming up. Back on TC Live, the road to Roland Garros continuing. The ATP in Munich and Estoril this week, and then Masters 1000 events for the men and women in Madrid and Rome, followed by Roland Garros qualifiers starting May 16th. To Istanbul we go now, and Veronica Kudermatova taking on Sirona Kirstea. Kirstea trying to defend her title from Istanbul last year. Now, Kudermatova, though, she when she's in form, she is tough to beat. She's big hitter from the ground. She played with a level of consistency in this match from the start, and it allowed her to dictate more often. They're moving forward, ready to pounce, and it's not always easy in these big matches to play as relaxed tennis, but Kudermatova was able to do that. She's also a tough returner, able to get the break there to close out the first set. And the second set continued with some of that momentum. Break points again here early. 
in the second set. And Kirstea, who is a terrific returner, is comfortable moving in, just didn't have many answers for Kudermatova today. The serve was firing when she needed to, was effective behind first serves. This was a big performance, making it look fairly routine. So Kudermatova will play for her second career title tomorrow at 24 years old. She's been one of the hotter players on tour, and she will take on Anastasia Potapova, who beat Yulia Putinseva in the other semifinal in Istanbul. That's a match we're looking forward to. Potapova looking for her first title since 2018. So an interesting matchup there. And, you know, it's been interesting to watch Kudermatova's rise. She's now inside the top 30 not noticed as much as Fiontech's hot streak, but she's been a hot player. She is. And, you know, her game, you don't look at it as being as big as it is. I mean, she can get free points on the serve. She can serve with, you know, pace and pop. She also steps in, can be aggressive on returns. And I think overall she can have a very smothering game against uh, various opponents, different styles she can match up well against. And that's partly why she's in this final. It's another big opportunity for her to get another title. Completely agree. I've been extremely impressed with Kudermatova over the past few months. I know she recently made a coaching change to Franco Devine, who's longtime coach of Juan Martin Del Potro, so another big hitter. He definitely knows how to handle a player who likes to play aggressive, likes to hit big from the ground, had a great track record with Juan Martin, and now is doing some incredible things for Kudermatova. So kudos to her, kudos to her team. Really excited for this final. All right, let's head now to the social net. And we want to start with a story about our friend and colleague, Pam Shriver. Pam broke over 40 years of silence this week about what she describes as an inappropriate relationship with her much older coach, Don Candy, which began when Pam was 17 years old. We had an exclusive Tennis.com interview with Pam. She talks about this situation, said that there there are still today just too many instances of team members having complicated relationships with players, Sitting courtside, she still observes things like body language and player-coach interactions, which she just thinks people should be aware of these things. And this is from her own experience as a player telling this story. She talks about how it hurt her performance, Chanda, how it hurt her life and her ability to develop relationships as she got older. So she's really trying to help young players uh, deal with the boundaries, right? That's what she talks about, Chanda, is boundaries and appropriate boundaries. What was your reaction to her telling this story? Well, first and foremost, I just sent out, you know, love and support, you know, to Pam. I played doubles with her uh, when I was a young pro coming out on tour, and she was, you know, a little bit of a mentor, an example for me to to learn from. But you never know what players are going through, what they have gone through, what goes into, you know, the, their tennis and, and what they have experienced. And I think it was a very brave thing that, to kind of tell what was such a personally painful story. But I was really impressed with the sensitivity that she told her story. Story with It wasn't about placing blame, but it was about, you know, just being truthful so that she could maybe help other players, other athletes who were going through this. And she made a point to say not just young females, but male athletes as well. Everybody, uh, you know, can struggle in these areas. And I think if we can create more conversations that uh, help support players through whatever they're going through, then I think it's, uh, you know, something that is very beneficial. And I just applaud her for doing it. Chris, as an active tour player yourself, what do you think could be done to to make this a safer space for young players, whether they are men or women? Well, I think the first step is, just like Shanda said, we have to have these conversations. I know it's very uncomfortable. It's not something that that we really look forward to doing, but 
we have to have these conversations and we have to applaud people like Pam who were able to come out after 40 years and finally tell her truth. The amount of courage, the amount of bravery that that took is remarkable. And I think we also have to, you echoed another one of my points in, in saying that as fans of tennis, we have to also understand that these tennis players are, we're human. There are certain things that they're going through in their personal life that the fans will never understand. So when you cast these aspersions and, and super critical of players and you don't know the full story, it kind of, it, it doesn't really do any good. It, it almost forces the players to kind of want to keep things to themselves, not speak about their trauma, not speak about their issues. And I think that conversation is going to be the first step to finally finding a solution to solving these problems. So thank you, Pam. We love you. We thank you for speaking your truth. And that took an incredible amount of courage for you to do so. All right. And we really encourage everybody to check out that interview on tennis.com as Pam opens up. And we really do all appreciate her doing that for young players today. All right. We will take a break. When we come back, we'll have a little fun with one of the biggest stars in the world showing her love for the game of tennis when we come back on TC Live. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome back to TC Live. And one of the biggest stars in the world, over 50 million followers on Instagram, Lady Gaga, showing her love for the game of tennis. Looks like she just played Chanda. What, what do you say? You up for a little doubles with Lady Gaga? I mean, look, she looks fancy, fancier than any tennis player I see nowadays. And, I mean, is she all in? That's great to, to see if she is. But what does all in mean, Rob? What are we talking about here? I think it means all in for some mixed doubles with Chris Eubanks. <laughs> uh, I'm, all, I think I'm all for that. The swagger that she has on the court, the ability to pose. I wish I could take a nice picture on a tennis court like that. She's got her poker <laughs> face on. Very well done. I oh, like what you nice did there. reference. I've got that. <laughs> Championship Sunday coming up Sunday, 7 a.m. Eastern. We'll kick things off. The two top players in the world on the men's and women's side in action. Shviantek against Sabalenka. Djokovic against Rublev, and we'll also have a final in Istanbul as well as we look ahead to what should be a uh, really good-looking couple of days of tennis. And, uh, you know, Barcelona will have a new champion this year. It will not be Rafa Nadal, as he did not enter, but here's a little flashback to his win last year in Barcelona. And after the victory over Stefano Tsitsipas, he had to do the traditional jump in the pool celebration. Chris, what do you think about this pool entry here? I absolutely love it. I like that he didn't just go normal cannonball. That's something we oftentimes see when people jump in the pool. Kind of gave a half front flip. Don't want to don't want to really worry about injuring yourself when jumping in the water, but he got a nice tough match against the finals out the way. He got to relax in the pool, got a little recovery in. All in all, I think it's a good day for Robert. Looks like a great deck. What do you rate that entry, that little flip? I mean, well, what mean, out of 10 do you give it? I mean, if we're, we're going on the tennis player scale, I'm going to give it a solid 8. I think Rafa okay, deserves an 8. I'm not, not like going to put him up there with some of the best in the world in diving. <laughs> I, I would like my chance to, you know, compete and go against them in that. Uh, but, no, I'll give him probably a solid 8 out of 10. All right. Well, I know folks are looking forward to seeing Rafa back on the court soon. But Sunday we've got a couple of really good-looking 
finals. And we start with the 20-time Grand Slam champion, Novak Djokovic, trying to win in Serbia for the third time. And he's got a top-notch opponent here, Chanda Andre Rublev, who has not had to work as hard as Djokovic has had to work to get to this final. What do you think of that matchup? I think that will be the question is just physically, how's the body doing for Novak Djokovic? How's his recovery been with all of these back-to-back three-setters? He did have the day off. Um, but sometimes the cumulative effect can come into play in a final. And Rublev, he hits the ball big. So I think Djokovic is going to have to be ready from the first ball, try to find ways to dictate the tempo of that match, which he certainly can do. But Rublev, he's looking so good. He's been playing confident tennis, using his weapons in a very measured fashion. So I'm looking forward to see how those two go up against each other. Reminds me of the U.S. Open last fall when Djokovic lost a lot of first sets and came back, eventually losing to the Russian in the final there. Okay, we'll go to the other matchup tomorrow in the final. Arena Sabalenka taking on Iga Sviantek. Sviantek was tested today for the first time in a long time. What do you make of Sabalenka's chances? I think the fact that Iga was tested today bodes well for her chances, honestly. I think that the fact that she's playing another aggressive-minded player, Sabalenka hasn't played a player with the defensive skills of Sviantek. I think that might serve as a bit of a challenge as the match progresses. But I love Sviantek to come out of this uh, match on top, and I think she will. Yeah, this will be a supreme battle between between two confident players. And Sabalenka, even though she's had some ups and downs, she's been a big match player. She was number two in the world for so long, consistently in that spot. We're seeing some of that tennis again. How well will she use her serve, cut back on the double faults? Will Sviantek be able to attack returns? And how well will she move her serve around the box? That's going to be important for Sviantek. All right, well, all that to come Sunday. But lots more tennis still here on Saturday. So we'll get you back to that. Enjoy your tennis Saturday. We'll see you back here for Final Sunday on Tennis Channel and TC Live tomorrow.